Hello, this is Andy Cates, Senior Economist at Paper Analytics, and thank you for tuning in to this latest edition of our weekly podcast. So the conflict in Israel and Gaza has been and will likely remain a key focal point for financial markets in the days and weeks ahead. Normally, higher geopolitical risk is linked to a greater likelihood of economic and financial market stress. Uh, But as we've illustrated in one of our charts of the week, heightened geopolitical stress in the Middle East has yet to find a big follow-through from financial market stress. In fact, the past two to three days have seen yields on US Treasuries rise quite sharply, even though that market would ordinarily benefit from safe haven flows during times of instability. One reason, as we've further illustrated in another of our charts this week, concerns the incoming data flow. This week's economic data from China, for example, and most notably the estimates of GDP for Q3, surprised forecasters' expectations on the upside, coupled with positive surprises from September's retail sales and industrial production, That's helped to shift Citigroup's growth surprise index for China into positive territory for the first time since June. Together with still positive messaging from the incoming US data in recent weeks, including over the past few days, investors have arguably started to feel more at ease about the immediate outlook for global growth in the weeks ahead. Returning, though, for a moment or two to China, that stronger-than-expected performance does not, of course, imply the economy is in the clear. The challenges associated with property markets and debt-related imbalances will require a significant amount of time to resolve. And in the meantime, structural obstacles to growth have been steadily accumulating, with one of these concerning demographics. This may be a bit abstract, given the aforementioned geopolitical tensions, but a chart that caught my eye this week concerned China's birth rate. According to the Science Center at Peking University, the projected number of births in China this year is anticipated to range between just 7 to 8 million. And that would compare with around 11 million in 2022 and a 10-year average of around 16 million. Uncertainties brought on by the COVID pandemic, uh, coupled with weak income expectations and high levels of youth unemployment, are probably some of the key reasons for this, but they're clearly exacerbating an already significant ageing trend within the economy at large. Turning now, though, to the week ahead, which contains a lot of data, uh, a lot of data points to look out for, including the flash PMIs from Europe, Japan and the US on Tuesday. First estimate of US GDP for Q3 will also be in focus, and likely, at least according to the Atlanta Fed's latest now casting estimate, to suggest an annualized pace of expansion of more than 5%. Inflation data will also be in focus with the likes of Canada, France, and the US in the form of the September PCE data, all due to publish some numbers. As for policy, we have the Bank of Canada on the slate on Wednesday and the ECB on the docket on Thursday. Neither central bank is expected to shift interest rates up again, but clearly what they have to say about the outlook and how the instability in the Middle East may affect that outlook will be of some interest. Finally, on our data editions, please be aware that we've added the currency composition of Canadian liquid reserves to our Canada database, 
and we made some further additions to our transport database with some additional port traffic statistics for over 50 individual ports in the UK. That's all from me today. Have a great week ahead.